This is a Player One podcast. Player One is a radio show about gaming that airs every Friday from 6 to 8pm on Sin Nation, a digital radio station in Melbourne, Australia. You can also stream Player One at syn.org.au. And to find out more about Player One, go to syn.org.au slash Player One. Enjoy the podcast. We're here at GX Australia with Storyweaver Games. You're listening to Player One with the Cash and Aiden. Yep. Yeah, I said your name first, so I just went with it. Uh, we're standing here with... Doc Joe, Joe Sweeney, Story River Games. You got me. <laughs> That's great. So, what's Story River Games? Well, we're an uh, independent games design company, uh, role-playing games design company here in Australia. We've been in operation about 12 years, and we've, uh, we've had some pretty good successes for some of our games and some absolute trashy disasters as well. So, uh, what have you got on display? There's no video, but what have you got on display here at GX Australia? Well, what we're doing here is uh, we're actually, uh, seriously, we're beta testing a game that we've been working on for a couple of years called Slaughter, because you can't have Slaughter without laughter. It's a, it's a B-grade <laughs> horror movie making game, and the object of that game is that you do weave a, a horror movie story. The, the objective is very much to get into that, that zone, but unlike other horror movie uh, or, or horror games, instead of trying to hold on to your protagonist, this game encourages you, mechanically encourages you, to build them up and then kill them off in horrible ways. So it really, you know, it really is that tropey sort of horror movie. That, that sounds awesome. So is this game available now? Uh, we've actually got an early access for it, um, and what we're doing is we're allowing people to sign up for the game. Um, I'll give a bit of a plug here if that's okay. Yep, absolutely. So it's slaughtergame.com, just slaughtergame.com. Go there, sign up, and you'll get access to the Google documents that we're using. So you'll actually see the game as we're rewriting the rules, and we are um, constantly working on them, uh, and all the cards will be there. Uh, If you do give us feedback, what you get for that is uh, when we finally publish the game in its entirety, you will get the full game. Obviously in digital format only, but we're going to let everyone have the game and print the cards and do what they want with it and make their own horror movies. Um, We currently are not sure if we'll take the game to a Kickstarter, or whether we'll just go straight to publishing. At the moment, I'm leading straight to publishing because we're getting a lot of a lot of strong feedback. Can I ask, what got you into tabletop games as opposed to other gaming or other things? I remember it well. Okay, <laughs> my neighbour uh, invited me over to play Dungeons and Dragons, and that was it. So that was that, that was that was it. That was it. Story over. Story and, and I could, solid. And, and that was it. And mm. I started writing. Uh, I actually started writing my first role playing game uh, when I was fifteen, and um, that was a game that I then reinvented over the years to uh, to teach my own children when they were about well, six years, five years old, six years old. Uh, moral development. So we started using gaming to explore educational themes, and then I thought why am I writing all this stuff and writing all these games to play with my friends? I know, I'll publish them and see if anyone likes them. And some people, uh, Rapture, which was one of our earlier games, Rapture, The End of Days, science fiction, horror, that went just gangbusters. And so, you know, I decided, hey, this was a good gig. But realistically, it's only been the last two years that we've had a full-time employee um, and that we're actually trying to make this into a, a much larger commercial venture. I tell you what, being a game designer, an independent game designer, is hard work. <laughs> And it's really hard work for that poor full-time lass, Jay. She's fantastic. I've got to say, it must be awesome as one of your kids to just go, my dad makes games. Well, it was, but I pushed both my kids out of home. And (laughs) my daughter, who has also been here this weekend, she's not here at the moment, she is the art director for Six to Start Games. And uh, my son works for an analyst firm, and he monitors the games industry. Oh, 
Awesome. So, uh, so keeping in the family. So keeping in the family. Yeah. My wife refuses to play any games. <laughs> she has said to me, though, that if I get her a Starship Captain from 40K uniform, she'll wear that for me. Yeah. So I'm wonderful. happy man. Yeah. <laughs> if I had a husband who got me that, I'd be a happy man. <laughs> Uh, you don't want to put that on the side. Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what um, gave you the inspiration? I mean, you mentioned that your first uh, earlier game was kind of more in, in based in space. Yeah. Um, and then you've gone from space to big, great horror films. So. Well, we've gone everywhere in between that. Yeah. We've, also got high, we've got another science fiction game, which is pure space opera. We've got a comedy spy game based on British comedies, which is personally it's one of my favorite games. Because it's the only game where you can play a dog messing with one of the other players' life. It's just fantastic. Um, but so, so we like to explore with different genres. Personally, I like games that explore human interaction, a human psyche, you know, all that, and th- those darker sides, uh, the dark corridors of the human soul. That's me. Yeah. Uh, I also like Monty Python. So anything yeah. between. See, that's the sound I like. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I, I now I want to know what has made that sound happen. Probably an octocroc, which we had in the last game here. One Ooh. of the characters decided that the monster was an eight-armed octopus, uh, octocroc. Yeah. Octocroc. Yes, octocroc. they cut him in half with a chainsaw, and he became two quadcrocs. <laughs> uh, Quadcrocter? I was going to say that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so, so when, when you're, like, um, I don't know, I guess sitting down and writing down ideas for, for these tabletop games and everything, what, what do you do? Like, what, what draws the inspiration? How do you kind of go okay this is my idea I want this to be a thing or do, do you kind of just come up with a base concept and then well, progressively like, work on it this okay. is what would make a great game okay so there's a few things that happen in this you've got the creative side and you've got the business side so on the creative side and usually starts with the creative side you'll be there with a group of friends and you'll be saying wouldn't it be great if it always starts with that if because role playing is every role playing game is an exploration yeah Um, So the Rapture game actually came out of the concept of what would happen if we had a game of really hard science, we're talking, you know, all the way down to the design of nuclear reactors as accurate, you know, everything is spot on. And then we discovered that the Bible was literally true, but we don't know which version of the Bible. What would that look like? What would that look like? And so we, you know, so when when we when I wrote Rapture, and Rapture was one of the few games I wrote completely by my by myself, it was very much an exploration of what would that world look like. So we wrote a future setting and experimented and fine-tuned it down. Now, what was interesting with Rapture, and this is typical of game design, is once I'd finished that, and I didn't expect it to sell well, honestly, but it, it just really hit the market right. But somebody else here in Sydney ran it and loved it. A guy called Ray Duell. And Ray, Ray said, I want to write for this game. And he started writing adventures far more innovative than anything I was writing. And I went, right, Ray, it's yours. Go for it. <laughs> um, but with other games like High Space that was just coming out of Kickstarter now, we had three writers working on that, myself and, and Patrick, um, uh, who were the main writers. Um, Patrick being probably the, 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 certainly the biggest input. But that was a collaborative effort. You have a Google document and everyone's dogpiling on it. And you're bouncing ideas off each other. You're on video chats. You get together. You have scotch. And those are the games, a very different creative process. But then you've got the issue of the business side. So the, the slaughter game that we're running here is very much driven by an interest. How do we make a horror movie game, where you, a role-playing game, where you actually want to kill your character? That was a mathematical and a, mm. a, a gaming challenge. Then is this right for the market? Now, 
of our sales are the men. We know that, and it's a real problem. That's not because we only target men. Yeah, and and we are a a, you know we have a strong trait in our company that all of our games are gender neutral, assist friendly, and so forth. But the traditional role playing game market for Savage Worlds for D and D is heavily male dominated because they're they're people like me. They're not bad guys. They just they were just guys when they first learned to play it at 14 years old, <laughs> and they ch- they trailed it through. And it's been very hard for us to break away from that market. Mm. So we've been trying to figure out how do we make this game that appeals to a broader, more demographic market. Interestingly, what we've discovered through doing Facebook ads and teasing to find out what should the horror game actually look like, we finally hit on this idea of the card-based play, more of a tabletop sort of infusion. That gave us 52%. Um, demographic split. So now yeah. 52% is, is uh, young women, 18 to 25, and then another group of males split between younger teens and, and olders. So there's this issue then, when you're designing the game, you can have a great idea and a theme that you want to explore, but you do have to look at that market and say, what do we want as a market? Mm-hmm. And then you've got to go and figure out where that market is and, and, and develop the game in cohoots with that market. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I've got one last question as well. Um, I don't know, hopefully hopefully it's not too crazy of a question, but in terms of the... <laughs> Aiden's giving me a funny look. Um, no. Okay, so in terms of the research that, uh, that you'd go into, say for Rapture, for example, you know, you're looking at space, you're looking oh, at yes. nuclear reactors... That, How'd you go about that, and how'd you go with the biblical text? Well, it was really fa- okay, give yeah, because you have to handle that pretty. Okay. Like, did you so, read an entire Bible? Oh yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've got. Look, if like any writer, if you yeah. do not understand your subject matter, it's going to get hose, holes poked in it. And I'll give you yeah. an example of the holes being poked in Rapture. We had um, one person write in, and I've got a. There's a space station in one of the adventures, and we use thorium. Well, many of the people use thorium reactors. Um, so we wrote, here's the reactor, and it's this kilowatt, etc., etc. A nuclear scientist wrote back to me and said, you've got the size of the reactor wrong. It would be outputting this much, and it would be half the size. And I went, okay. <laughs> so we changed it. Um, awesome. But on the flip side of that, we, we have one adventure, and I won't say which one to spoil it, that has an element of nanotechnology in it. And it ends up bad. Like, nanotechnology always ends up bad. Yeah. Anyway, um, somebody wrote to us saying uh, that they hated it because they didn't like voodoo, voodoo science. I went, hang on, you're bought into the fact that I've got gravity drives and I've already said, yeah, okay, maybe. That's, that's my voodoo science. The guy who wrote this is a lab tech who does, you know, he specializes in nanotech. So he wrote an eight-page supplement that says, here's the future history of nanotech and this is all possible. <laughs> so it's, it's really important. I believe that, yes, you've got to read a lot and I read the science journals and so forth. That's something I do. But... You need to reach out to experts. You need to be prepared to say, oh, I got that wrong, and change it at the drop yeah. of a hat. Um, and, and working, the great thing about working with experts and contacting them is most people are really happy to explore you know, their area of expertise. Um, quantum phys- physicists or... or um, uh, I once interviewed somebody who does autopsies, a medical practitioner. So. You want to get this right, and then you want to ignore the really icky parts. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you. I was going to say what you were about to say. (laughs) You've been listening to Player One here at GX Australia. (laughs) Uh, Check check out slaughtergame.com and Rapture sounds great. Rapture, yeah. So go and check out uh, storyweavergames.com and um, uh, slaughtergame.com. Lots of freebies. 
Thanks, guys. And send me an email. Yes. Oh, send me an email. Thank you very Definitely. much. Thank Jeez. you very much. Bye. This is Cash and Aiden at JX Australia signing off. This has been a Player One podcast. To check out more Player One, go to syn.org.au slash player one.